morning. How's everyone today? Good? Good. Sunday. <laughs> A week after Easter, we can eat everything we wanted this week. No fasting requirements. Um, if you don't know, for those who don't know me, I've probably been here about 10, 15 times. I'm Father Ken. I typically serve the cathedral at the in Atlanta. Um, although um, Father, you know, Anthony and I were actually housemates at seminary, so we've known each other for quite a long time, and our families have known each other quite a long time. It's just funny that we made it to Georgia and live so close together. Um, what I wanted to talk today about is today's epistle reading coming from the um, book of Acts. And what's kind of interesting is that a lot of times if you, I think we're at full, uh, we're in kind of almost full swing of American Idol and all these TV shows, and we always see these, um, we see people around us, they kind of get to positions of prominence. And what I submit is, you know, a lot of times we see a lot of these gifted folks, and it's not always the executive that's the smartest that gets to be in that CEO position. And probably it's not always the person that has the best voice that always wins either, you know, X Factor, American Auto, all of that. But it's someone that can connect with the masses. So a lot of times if you're in kind of that industry, in the entertainment industry, you have to make that sort of connection with people. Same way I think a little bit in the church that good ministers have to be able to connect with the people. There's a lot of people out there that are nice, that have good qualities and good folks, but they can't really connect. And ministry is something that is something, what I'd say is very relational. If you look at today's um, epistle lesson in Acts 5, 12 through 20, 15, I'm sorry, 5, 12 through 20, we see the early church that just started with just a couple dozen believers into a church that has tens of thousands of followers almost overnight. And I think the result is really um, because of the meaningful relationships that the apostles are established. They're able to connect with the people um, who are searching for meaning in their own lives. What comes to mind is um, charisma or charisma. It's the word that comes to mind when I see the uh, apostles drawing people to God. I think that charisma is something that is very important in kind of a church sense. And we kind of want to know how do we get it and how can we too use it to give glory to God. I think that every person has the potential to be a little bit more charismatic. Again, in Christian definition. Um, and because charisma, I think, is also, in many cases, it's a learned quality. So before I talk about it and I'm put my sermon on, I'll t- tell you what I think that it means. The word charisma or charisma is derived from the Greek word meaning gift or divine favor. And it's often um, used to describe people with charm or influence, someone that is able to motivate people. Charismatic people generally have some sort of magnetic personalities and project a certain unusual confidence, an authenticity, a vision, a calmness, and assertiveness. While the ancient Greeks believed that charisma was an inborn trait, today many people feel that it can be learned or taught. Charisma has a lot in common with evangelism because the evangelist must bond with people in order to spread the gospel of Christ. Reaching people, meeting with them, connecting with them takes charisma. Think for a moment, wasn't there someone in your life 
that brought you to God, that brought you to Christ. We are all in this church today because of the efforts of maybe one person or a lots of people, their influence. That is charisma. Today we read about people flocking to the apostles. We're reminded of the sick lying in the streets waiting to be cured and can almost visually see the numbers being added to the early church. My friends, the phenomenon of the apostolic church in this area is due to the charisma of the Holy Spirit flowing through each of the apostles. The apostles were able to bond with the masses because they were highly influential. They were highly regarded and they commanded a certain <coughs> authority. They positively influenced the masses to come to Christ, to change their lives because they connected with them physically, emotionally, and intellectually. They were personal. They were hands-on ministers that were involved in people's lives. And they were charismatic. Think for a moment what makes a person charismatic. We've talked about influence a little bit, but how do we get that sort of it factor? How do we Christians receive this special blessing? Psychologists, politicians, entertainers, public speakers, coaches, business leaders, and church leaders are particularly interested in developing their charisma. charisma. And many of them, their entire li livelihood is dependent on learning, motivating, and inspiring others. So I have five main qualities that I think that um, lead to a charismatic sort of person. Charismatic Christians, first, give strong, favorable, nonverbal messages. Each day we unconsciously send out messages and signals to others on what, that indicate what we are really like. Perhaps we smile kindly at them when someone walks by or we look someone squarely in the eye when we talk to them. Some people may stare at the ground or are shy around others. Others gawk inappropriately. These things, these subtle unspoken things, our messages that tell people something about us. The apostles conveyed this sort of special charisma that I'm talking about. Notice in today's book of Acts reading, the multitudes were drawn to the apostles, but we really didn't hear them speaking a word. They radiated positive nonverbal messages. Our silent message is really dependent on the quality of our own Christian character. Have you ever been around someone who is holy? Even though they didn't say a word, you could just see the Holy Spirit was in them and working through them. Personal holiness is a direct result of a virtuous life guided by the Spirit of God. A Spirit-filled life is not only visible, but is also desired by a world searching for meaning. St. Seraphim of Sarov said, Acquire the Spirit of Peace and thousands around you will be saved. What Seraphim really meant was that when you have the peace of God in you and in your heart, everyone will see it and want to have it for themselves. You see, it isn't always necessary to say something. Our actions and our character are sometimes charismatic enough. Second point is that charismatic Christians usually speak well. Unless you can expect, express your ideas and convey them to others in ways that they can understand them, no one will really be drawn to you. Charismatic Christians speak plainly and directly to folks. 
They have a firm command of language and can express and articulate their innermost thoughts. Charismatic Christians are engaging. The apostles, prophets, and saints throughout the ages were able to speak effectively because they knew God and they had an important message to tell the entire world. This is because they spoke to God all the time. Charismatic Christians are really prayerful people. Being a good speaker really also takes practice. Take the apostles, for example. They were simple fishermen from a little village, yet they were able to convert the whole world. I don't think they really became charismatic overnight. Although they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, their strong faith and zeal to spread the gospel also enabled them to influence others and dedicate their lives to Christ. They believed in their message. The apostles constantly witnessed to others. And I'm sure that the more people were drawn by their, by their message as they matured spiritually because they had more to say. The third thing is that Charismatic Christians listen very carefully to others. Charismatic Christians make others feel important because they listen to them. Understanding others' people's needs are the foundations of our faith. A Lord always engaged and listened to those he ministered to. He simply could have just healed the ailing because he already knew their sickness, but he did not. He wanted them to say what was wrong with them and ask and express their needs. He listened because he cared and because he loved others. He wanted to make them feel special in his presence. We want to connect with others positively and influence them like our Lord. We have to be better listeners. Fourth, charismatic Christians are able to adapt to newer changing situations. People are drawn to charismatic people because they are in control. The ancient Christian word, wo world was something that was very risky. It was unpredictable and it was really rapidly changing. The apostles lived in constant danger and all but one apostle, St. John the Evangelist, died a martyr's death. Despite their hardships, they were in control because God was in control of their lives. St. Paul, for instance, traveled constantly and was a forced to adapt to new cultures and environments. He was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, and nearly beaten to death and lived in constant danger. Yet despite his circumstances, St. Paul adapted to changing circumstances. When he traveled, he evangelized. When he was in prison, he wrote letters of encouragement to the ancient churches. In his own words, St. Paul says, I have become all things to all men so that it may be possible means that I might save some. 1 Corinthians 9.22 St. Paul was charismatic because he could adapt. In today's passage, we see the apostles standing firm in the face of persecution and imprisonment. They were able to do this because of their faith and belief that the Almighty God would deliver them. Charismatic Christians are able to adapt and persevere through the toughest times because they understand their entire lives are in God's hands and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ won't let them down. Finally, charismatic Christians have vision. People are drawn to charismatic Christians because they have something important to say and they stand for something. They know that God has a plan 
for their wives and this world that they live in. Today's lesson bears witness to the fact that the apostles were not deterred by prison or by persecution. They were not afraid of being unpopular with the religious leaders of their day. Instead, the first thing that they did after being delivered from prison was to preach the gospel to all nations. Charismatic Christians are able to influence and draw people closer to God because they believe what they preach. People throughout the ages are drawn to people who have vision, who stand for something and are firm. Look around. Our world is something that is rudderless. Our world is faithless. Our world is fickle. People are crying out for someone to lead them to the promised land. I submit to you that it is God's church. The world is hungry for a charismatic leadership internally, the kind that we see from the apostles in the book of Acts. Are we up to that challenge? Do we possess Christ's vision for the world? Do we want the Holy Spirit to work through us so that we can bring all other people to God's kingdom? That's the message for each and every Christian. As I close, I just simply want to reaffirm that we can all be a little bit more of charismatic Christians. Our Lord is counting on us, individually and collectively, to help him reach and sanctify the entire world and his creation. In order to reach the world, we must bond with people searching for meaning and comfort. Charisma helps make us, and helps make that connection through the grace of the Holy Spirit. Although we may not have the same gifts as the apostles, we share the most, thing, most important thing, a faith in the risen Lord. It is my prayer that our faith leads us to make our Lord's vision our mission. God bless.